the Panhandle News Network. The views and opinions on this station do not necessarily represent the Panhandle News Network, WEPM and WCST, or West Virginia Radio Corporation. Here we go! Welcome to Panhandle Live on WEPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Panhandle Live is brought to you by Country Roads Tire and Auto, taking you home with full-service auto care, with a higher level of care, with two locations to proudly serve you in Martinsburg and Hedgesville. Online, too, at CountryRoadsTireOnline.com. Here are your hosts of the 2022 WVBA Talk Show of the Year, Jordan Nicewarner and Marcia Kavalik. Hey, good morning, everyone. It is Wednesday morning, last time I checked. Um, welcome into Panhandle Live from the Hoppy Kirchival Building. Panhandle Live is driven by Country Roads Tire and Auto, taking you home with full-service auto care with a higher level of care with three locations to proudly serve you in Martinsburg and Hedgesville, online too at countryroadstireonline.com. We thank them for their support of local radio. Jordan has the day off, so joining me in studio is friend of the program, WVU Extension Agent and Berkeley County 4-H Coordinator, Mikey Withrow. Welcome in. Glad to be in here. I'm going to tell Jordan I need my own intro next time. He's going to keep going. I'm going to have to get on that. Oh, so yeah. (laughs) You'll you'll have to tell me what kind of music you want. Oh, it's going to be great. I can promise you that. All right. Okay. we're all waiting for that. Okay, so I want to get right to our first group of guests. Um, you know him. Uh, he's on the show a good bit. Uh, Martinsburg Union Rescue Mission, Pastor Tim Garino. And uh, he's brought in some guests from the WVU Medicine Community Outreach Team. And they are Caroline Wilson and uh, Rich Marks. Did I get that right? Okay, great. So, uh, Pastor Tim, I'll let you tee all this up for us. Sure. Thank you. And uh, a while back, I, I forget how long ago it was, a couple of weeks, we talked and about having a, uh, a talking about mental health services for the homeless and for those that we work with on the streets and within shelters. And uh, you said, let's do it. And um, I thought, what better people to bring than Caroline and Rich? Who are on the ground they do the work uh, wvu uh, hospital and they come out they're the outreach mobile team hi and they do they've been with us two years or so now and they've seen it all <laughs> and then some and they work with us and they help us tremendously because for the homeless uh folks that we deal with for those that are uh, dealing homelessness and and those in shelters um there's not a lot of help out there and um, they're here to share some of the stories and we deal with a lot Um, a lot of the folks that we deal with because of their um, homelessness because of drug use alcohol use uh, trauma all the stuff they've been through abuse uh, mental health is a big issue and a lot of people say well just get them a job and they'll be fine Uh, no that's not that's not the way it works Peel this back for us. Tell yeah. us what you're seeing out there, and yeah. and uh, what do our listeners need to know? I'll let these guys go ahead. Go ahead. I mean, you guys, uh, we they come every Tuesday, and then sometimes an extra day, like they did last week on Thursday, because there's so many people that need their services, and uh, we partnered with them about two or some years ago, and it's been a blessing ever since, and it's worked well because there's a lot of people we can shelter, we can help, we can even get them jobs. But if they can't keep it together, they're not going to keep their job, and they fall. It falls apart. So these guys help plug them in. There, uh, you can talk about some of the services that are available, but then you can also talk about the need of the services that we need to help some of these guys. Okay, who wants to take that, Caroline? I can take that. Okay. Um, so yeah, we've been coming to the mission for the past two years, providing case management to 
to anybody who wants it. Um, and, you know, as far as mental health, we do see some people coming in and, and telling us that they are struggling with their mental health and they'd like um, to get linked to care. And so we're able to do that. Um, we do have a lot of outpatient providers in the area. However, a lot of them have really long wait lists. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we see a lot of barriers that we have to help people overcome just to get mental health treatment. And these are for people who are homeless, but sheltered, right? Like mm-hmm. living in the mission. As far as people who are unsheltered, living outside or in tents, um, they experience a whole lot more barriers to getting mental health care. What do you think is the best way that the community could react? Like what could they do to help, um, you know, what a lot of people see this and they want to say, oh, well, I'd love to help, but they just don't know how. What can they do? Wow, that's a big question. Um, I would say one of the things we're really lacking in this community is affordable housing. Um, for people who even could maintain stable housing, um, it's just simply not available. Uh, another thing that we really need for people who are chronically homeless, meaning they've been homeless for a year or more or a year over the past three years, um, we need permanent supportive housing. Yes. And that's what I was going to say. The supportive housing is key. Even with those that are dealing with mental health, we have people, um, let's say his name is, I'm not going to give you his real name. His name is Kenny. You know him. Um, Sharp's always takes him, drops him back off in our community. He's very severe mm-hmm. uh, in mental health and, and the drugs he takes. Uh, some of them, one pill is like $1,000 a pill or something like that. Um, he takes severe. So um, he comes in our community. We house him. There's not a whole lot we can do with him. We can't get him connected to a lot of services. Uh, um, one, going back to what you just said, one of the things we could do is supportive housing, which we do at the mission, like with the, our, our shelter and also that, but like group homes for people like uh, Kenny. Um, that we lack that kind of supportive housing because he's not going to be able to manage it on his own. You can get him a place to stay, but that's going to last maybe a week or two weeks. Um, and and that, and he ain't the only one. There's some women, too, that supportive group housing that there's needed to where there's management on site 24-7. And they're helping them through. They're helping them maintain their meds. They're helping them maintain those uh, kind of things they need to do. Doctor's appointments, meeting with Social workers getting through the paperwork because there's a lot of paperwork these folks have to do, a lot of barriers they have to break through, as, as they were saying. And that's very important that we have that supportive work. And these guys are out there. I would advocate for a mobile team like them that would do nothing but deal with the folks that are um, dealing with uh, mental illness, prescriptions, that kind of stuff. We have others that we work with on a regular basis that don't have that support system they get their prescriptions and they're either lost stolen or misused and then so that's because of where they're where they're living or you know they they're around people who are bad influences or well where they're living or just they're living on the streets and they're given a prescription or they're given medicine and it's uh (laughs) how hard is it to get compliance for folks who need their medicines but they're not in kind of that congregate setting where someone can manage them? Um, it can be really hard because imagine that you don't have an ID. So now you're having a problem when you go to the pharmacy. You don't have a phone. Um, so maybe you don't have an alarm clock to wake up in the morning and get to your appointments, or you don't have a way to uh, you know, make phone calls and get transportation or, or set up your appointments, confirm your appointments. Um, I think Rich has some comments too. Also, some of our uh, clients don't have a residence, so they don't have an address. So you can't get stuff from DHHR. You can't get SNAP benefits and all these other things that are not able to, if you can't receive mail, you can't receive any services. 
Um, it's also hard uh, to arrange care with uh, transportation because our, our clients do not have cars, most of them, and uh, they do live in, uh, um, you know, at the mission or other supportive housing in the area. And sometimes they are unhoused, they are homeless. So those create large uh, problems with transportation and getting them to services for the mental health needs, uh, medications and refills and, and follow-up appointments. And the, yeah, the follow-up appointments are key, especially with, even with you guys, the follow-up appointments. Yeah, and I think it's important to note that for people who are unsheltered, um, you know, getting mental health care may, might not be at the top of their list of things because it's really hard to think about that when you are focused on survival. And or you're hungry. Where, yeah. yeah, where are you going to eat, clean water, take a shower? Where are you going to sleep? Are you going to be warm? You know, these are all concerns that probably come, uh, you know, at a much higher priority than I have some anxiety and I need to go see a doctor about it. And, and that's why one of the things you're talking about, if we had a mobile outreach team like these guys, that focused on that and got out there and worked with some of these folks and helped them with their medication, getting them to appointments and stuff, and then eventually building a relationship to get them from off the street into a shelter. Um, group home, uh, you know, the government throws money around like it's um, like it's a drunk sailor, you know. Um, why don't we really focus on some uh, supportive housing and stuff so like what, that? So what do we need to do to, to make that happen? Because obviously you're doing the 604 project. That's oh, yeah. going to house six families. That's a huge step for those six families. Mm-hmm. Drop in the bucket, probably yeah. you oh, imagine, yeah. big, big drop in the in community. The bucket. Yeah. Um, so, you know, where do we get these houses? Where do we get a mobile unit? Um, mm-hmm. is, does WVU have the infrastructure for that? So there has been some discussion at our recent community meetings about getting a crisis intervention team. And I know that Noelle from the Martinsburg Initiative has, has I think, kind of taken the lead on that. She is the uh, first police department social worker that we've had here. So that's an amazing thing because if we had a crisis intervention team, we could see a lot of people instead of having the police respond and then possibly being arrested for their mental health issues, they could go directly to um, some sort of treatment. How do you think this will play out in the next 10 years? So we know that it's an issue now. Do you see an influx? I'm assuming it's going to be an influx. Um, But what do you think we could do to address that knowing that we're already in constraints now? I know that's a deep question. What's your wish list? More money, I guess, <laughs> for for actual transitional housing, other supportive housing, maybe some more of uh, uh, outpatient programs that could actually help address mental health needs and uh, reduce some of the wait time. Mm-hmm. A lot of the people get impatient. They can't make phone calls for themselves, so calling the doctor creates so much anxiety that they just won't follow up. They won't do it. And that's a large problem. We see it every week. And uh, I want to add to what he's saying. Boots on the ground. These two folks here are on the ground. They're not in some office where the folks have to come and see them because whether they're sheltered or unsheltered, that's not a concept for a lot of our folks to make appointments. And with them being boots on the ground and they come to the places where the people are at, they come to the mission and they will tell you and they come around feeding time because the place is packed. So they're able to make the, and they'll go out to the tables and talk to the folks like you did yesterday. Um, and then set them up with appointments to talk to them. You got to have boots on the ground to connect these folks. If they got a um, the the intervention team, like she was talking about, the crisis intervention, we need folks like that. And that's not a lot of money compared to some of the stuff they're throwing around. And there's no accountability, and and you don't see any progress from it. This these two folks here, 
what WVU did here is gold. There's progress here, and if and 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 I don't know their bosses, but I'm gonna tell you right now, they're well worth their weight in gold. Whatever they're getting paid, they're not getting paid enough because <laughs> Thanks, <Tim>. because because <laughs> no seriously because they they are they are on the ground. Um, they go to homes. They go to they go to they go to places. They're at the mission where it's a hub for a lot of people to come because we feed the community. I mean they're at the heartbeat of the problem. And so another office here, another office there, another administrator, another paper pusher. No, that's not what we need. We need boots on the ground inter, uh, interacting with the people. And like she was saying, the police are already short. They're already, they're short big time. And they're also their hands are tied. Yes. Also, we, we have yes. Sheriff Harmon in a good bit. And, he, yeah. you know, they've been down at the uh, Capitol lobbying for changes in the way uh, mental hygiene uh, custody is is carried out because it looks like an arrest. Yeah. Uh, there's not a, a, a really uh, streamlined approach to getting these folks where they need to go. Sometimes it's a six or eight hour drive yeah. to get somewhere. So we need personnel. We need yeah on the ground with vehicles. I mean, yeah. invest a vehicle, couple, uh, uh, you know, eighty ninety thousand dollars in a vehicle. Uh, get one of those minivans. Put two workers on it. Staff it along with these two that are out there. I mean, you got to put boots on the ground. We don't need more administrators. We don't need fancy people with fancy titles in an office. We need them on the ground. So our guest this morning, Union Rescue Mission Pastor uh, Superintendent Pastor Tim Garino, his guests from the WV Medicine Community Outreach Team, Caroline Wilson and Richard and Rich Marks. I want to say Richard. I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> out of the '80s. Not a problem. <laughs> you told me I couldn't have a concert unless like I. That's all right. He's, he's a marine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, obviously, we want to continue this conversation. Yes. Uh, time is is short today, but uh, Pastor Tim, if folks want to reach out to you, if they've if their hearts have been stirred by this and they have some ideas, how can they contact you? Just uh, get come on down to the rescue mission. Call down there. Ask for me. Uh, if you're not, I'm not available. Leave your name and number. I'll get back to you. Email me at uh, Timothy Period Garino. My daughter set that up for me, so it was simple at gmail.com. And thank you, Marsha, for giving us this opportunity. Uh, I want you to come back and, and yeah. talk about this some more. Maybe guys, we can get you. maybe we can get Noel when we come back next Absolutely. time. Absolutely, yeah. guys. Um, thank you so much for everything you thank do. Thank you for having us. Yes, thank you very much. Alrighty. More Panhandle Live after this quick break. You're listening to Panhandle Live on the Panhandle News Network. It's Panhandle Live, the voice of the Panhandle. Here are your hosts, Jordan Nice Warner and Marsha Kavalik. That is my favorite bumper music. Welcome back into Panhandle Live. It is the Wednesday edition, and if everything went well, hopefully he is on the phone. I might need to push an extra button. Um, it is the, the WVU Day of Giving, and joining us via phone, B.J. Davison, Executive Vice President and Chief Development Officer for the WVU Foundation. Are you on with us? I am. Good morning. Perfect. Oh, my day is already made. <laughs> Marsha, you sell yourself short every time. I don't know why you do that to yourself. Uh, because every other time I screw it up. But anyway, BJ, thanks for being in. Explain to our listeners what the day of uh, giving is all about. I'm happy to do so, Marsha and Jordan. So our day of giving, this will be our sixth. And the purpose of our day of giving is really to build awareness about the power of philanthropy at WVU and the various many ways people can get involved in making a gift. 
So joining us, uh, Jordan is, uh, you missed the, the first part of the show, where uh, Jordan's on vacation, but we have Mikey Withrow, who actually is a WVU Extension agent with us today. So I, I don't know if you guys know each other. Does everyone from WVU know each other? I do not know BJ directly, but I have worked with the <laughs> foundation quite often. We have Lauren Seiler as our direct, or, um, uh, director of yep. kind of all things Day of Giving right now. Absolutely, and the extension's a big part of our day because we are in every county, and uh, it really helps us deliver our land-grant mission across the state, our whole extensions program. Okay, so as as a mother who's had a student go through WVU and had a really good uh, academic experience, uh, it was everything we'd hoped for, uh, you know, I'm very appreciative, but what does WVU do for the community at large, and why should folks who maybe don't have a student um, be invested in its uh, success? Oh, that's a great question, Marsha. Thank you. So we believe strongly in our land-grant mission of service to the state of West Virginia. And certainly, from an educational perspective, we deliver high-quality programs at the Morgantown campus, at, at Potomac State, at WU Tech. But I also think when you look at our hospital and healthcare system, um, you know, across the state, our, our key uh, signature programs at the Rockefeller Neurosciences Institute, our Heart and Vascular Institute, Cancer and Children. Um, there's a tremendous value that we believe we bring to the state, and it's our responsibility to do so. Then you also look at you know, our creative arts and, and the, the arts communities that we, that we encircle and we engulf and pro- provide programs for. We think we've got kind of all the bases covered. And I think a while back we went with the mission of one WVU, and I think that rings so true in our state, just knowing the outreach that we have. Um, what do you think is kind of our um, – I know you said we really believe in our land-grant mission, um, but what do you think is the best way for people to get involved in that? Like how can they get involved with the Day of Giving? How can they get involved with those gifts? Sure. So our, our website is dayofgiving.wvu.edu. And folks can go on the website and really see all the participating units and entities that are that are involved today. And, you know, I always say that we have about 5,500 individual funds at the WVU Foundation. So Wait, how many? 5,500 funds. <laughs> so we pretty much have something for everybody, I do believe. You know, if your passion is the arts, if your passion is agriculture, if your passion is athletics, uh, how, you know, we've... There's pretty much something for everybody, I believe. So today, during the Day of Giving, uh, are there are there special, uh, you know, times or you guys doing like any uh, contest is probably not the right word. Premiums. Sure. So we call it uh, we call it gamification, Marsha. Ah, throughout the day, I've been educated. <laughs> yeah, it's like that word gamification. I do. Um, <laughs> so there are different challenges that come up at different points of the day, which is why we encourage people to just kind of keep your eye on the website. Um, and the various schools and units, for example, maybe work with a very generous donor who might put up a certain amount of money as a challenge to you know, support a particular program within, for example, the, the Chambers College. Um, we have funds, the, the Gray Student Emergency Fund, um, the Wagner Presidential Student Assistance Fund. There's tons of scholarships. So 
Gamification is a, is a key term, and it really helps keep things fresh and fun throughout the day. And it's funny because all of, I mean, I know for, I can't speak for everybody, but for extension, we are extremely competitive with it. Ooh. So like we're ranked right now for number three in the overall gifts. And I think the gamification allows the university to give some of those funds back to those individual units. Because I know Absolutely. that that is a huge push for us to get that information out there. It, yeah, I, will, I will say, Mike, you know, our foundation board uh, generously, generously put up a half million dollars for, for these gamifications, for these contests, for these challenges. And it's really intended to make certain that every school and unit, regardless of the size of their alumni base, for example, can be competitive in this day and secure additional funds from well, that. And it helps the donor's dollar go farther. Absolutely, Marsha. So when, you know, I've, I've been through this with three daughters looking at colleges. One of them had to go out of state uh, because, you know, we just couldn't get the programming here. But the more uh, the residents and donors believe in WVU's programming, the more those uh, programs can be robust, right? Oh, absolutely. And we, you know, we believe that we are a good, solid educational value and philanthropic dollars you know, not only do those dollars provide a margin of excellence for the institution, but it does help us keep our tuition and fees at a reasonable level. Right. So, uh, you know, talk about that a little bit because, um, you know, this WVU becomes a default university for a lot of West Virginia residents. You also pull a lot of folks from out of state uh, who find that tuition and the offerings at WVU very attractive. We do have a significant out-of-state student population. Um, and I think, you know, you, you mentioned, you know, sometimes WU might be perceived as a default by our residents within the state, but there are students from out of state who actively choose to enroll here, who, you know, believe in our brand, who are thrilled with what they see when they come to Morgantown and visit. And I think also when they really get a chance to understand and experience the friendliness of the people of this state, our out-of-state students feel very welcomed and very compelled to be here at WVU. And I also, we have a really large international delegation that comes to the university. Um, I don't think a lot of people realize West Virginia University is an R1 research institution. So we pull a lot of different clout from international students. We, we do. Our international student population is very robust. You know, we are a, a, an institution of choice for, for people all over the world. And tremendously diverse environment here um, at WVU with our international students. B.J. Davison, Executive Vice President and Chief Development Officer for the WVU Foundation, WVU, excuse me, WVU Foundation, she said. Um, thank you for teaching us about gamification today, and uh, good luck with all the fundraising. I know you've got a, uh, an interview media blitz going on today, so we appreciate you spending some time with us. I really appreciate your time, too, Marsha and Mike, and I'll, I'll just add that we're over a million dollars already with 1,483 gifts, so we're off wow. to a great start. Excellent. Well, good luck today. Thanks so much. Take right. care. Take care. Bye-bye. <laughs> so we, we should put a plug in for the extension, right? I know. So we have two different accounts here in Berkeley County. Uh -huh. uh, we have the Berkeley County 4-H program, and then we also have Camp Frame. Um, if you're listening from outside of the county, we have a Jefferson County and Morgan County Every single unit in extension has one. So state camps are 
all stars, literally anything you can think of. 4-H greatest need is always a default one that you can give. Um, but if you go to the Berkeley County 4-H page, there is a direct link and it kind of explains what day of giving is and how your dollar goes. And because it is the day of giving, some of that might get matched and, and Absolutely. so your dollar might go farther. So currently Extension is sitting in third place. He talked about um, giving out half a million dollars from foundation dollars. We're currently in a, in a kind of a runoff to get $25,000 directly given to us from the foundation. Nice. Okay. Well, good luck. And if you're listening and you like what Mikey does, because we have him on the show a good bit and you know what he does uh, for, for students and what the 4-H program does for students in the county, um, you know, consider giving your dollars there. Absolutely. All right. So more Panhandle Live after this quick news break. And we really appreciate Mikey being in today uh, on this kind of thematic day. And uh, so we Stay tuned because more Panhandle Live is coming up. Welcome back to Panhandle Live, driven by Country Roads Tire and Auto in Martinsburg and Hedgesville. Here are your hosts, Jordan Nice Warner and Marsha Kavalik. Okay, I like this new bumper music that Jordan put into. It's kind of funky. <laughs> he knew he couldn't be here, so he's going to make it fun for you one way or another. <laughs> The voice you hear is Mikey Withrow. Of course, Jordan taking a, a well-deserved uh, day off. Very much needed day off is yeah. really what it is. Yeah, and actually he's going to extend it because I think he and his dad are going to, to um, see some spring training. I think that is wonderful. Yeah, I, I, I hope he enjoys himself. I hope he doesn't come back with a colossal sunburn. Uh, but, you know, it's fun to be outside. And to that end, joining us via phone, hopefully, if I pushed all the right buttons, let me make sure I got that. Okay. Yeah. Is uh, Jefferson County Parks and Rec Director Jennifer Myers. Welcome in. Good morning. How are you guys? We're good. Doing good. Um, so Mikey Withrow is with us from uh, Berkeley County 4-H. Uh, he is co-hosting with me. So I just wanted to let you know so you weren't expecting Jordan. Sounds good. All right. So um, tell us what's going on. I noticed registration has been ongoing, and I know you've got some events, right? We do. We have a lot. Of course, you know, spring is our um, kind of carts our crazy season, as we call it around here. Um, we're loving the sunshine and the opportunity to kind of get people back outside into the parks. Um, so we've got a lot going on. Um, a lot of a lot of programming coming up and, of course, summer. And um, it's a lot of fun. So uh, talk about some of the, the uh, youth, like sports activities and some of the activities that are happening out over at Sam Michaels inside that little recreation center that you guys have that has big fun. Yeah, so we, um, we are actually this week kind of kicking off, um, you know, our first spring sessions. So we have a lot, of, um, a lot of different things happening. You know, we've got, of course, dance classes and gymnastics classes, uh, martial arts program. Um, we have a lot of preschool programs that we're running right now. Um, and, you know, that being said, we just kind of ended a lot of our leagues that we ran for the winter. So we had a soccer league that just ended, um, a girls volleyball league that just ended. Um, so we're kind of picking those up and going to restart those here in a few weeks as well. Um, but pretty much if there's a sport you're looking for, we've got basketball, we've got soccer classes, we've got volleyball classes. Um, there's, you know, a little something for everyone. And um, the thing that, and we actually yesterday just celebrated our thousandth pickleball player um, that we've come in has come in since September. So um, pickleball has been huge for us this winter. Okay, um, I have to ask. To the spring. So we've been slowly being introduced to pickleball. Um, <laughs> so are these are these mostly adult leagues? 
Um, so we we actually have a pretty good combination of players that have been coming in. Um, you know, mostly adults, um, but we do have some, um, you know, kind of 13, 14-year-olds that have been coming out and playing um, pickleball um, during the daytime when we offer it, um, and it's a lot of fun. It's definitely um, the up-and-coming sport of the season. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, um, it's, you know, I think it's kind of been across the country and it's hit, hit more here the past couple of years. Um, but, I mean, we've got 20 to 30 consistent pickleball players every Tuesday and Thursday morning, um, and then we offer it Friday nights as well. Um, so um, it's just it's really cool to see people being out and being active. That should be your next fundraiser, your pickleball fundraiser, and Jordan and Marsha can come play. It'll be great. I, I, that sounds great. We were, we were just talking yesterday about doing a tournament, so we will let you guys know. Mar- thanks, thanks, Mikey. Yeah, Marsha just kicked me off the air for the next three weeks. <laughs> so uh, Jennifer Myers is with us from Jefferson County Parks and Recreation talking about you know the youth sports and the adult sports and the registration and all that. You guys have some really cool events that happen uh, throughout the year, and we want to get to the AMP, of course, but um, you're also doing something for Earth Day? We are. So um, this year we are going to be doing an Earth Day event um, on April 22nd, and it'll be here at San Michael's Park. Um, and we are partnering with a lot of organizations um, in, the, in the kind of the Eastern Panhandle, really. Um, but we've got West Virginia Rivers um, and Eastern Panhandle Conservation District. Um, the American Film Festival um, is going to be a part of it as well. And um, a lot of other groups that I, I haven't mentioned, um, you know, Elks Run Watershed. And um, it's going to be a really fun day. There will be a lot of activities for kids. Um, we're going to have some music on the stage. And then... Um, Kids can get a tree. Um, the Eastern Panhandle Conservation District is going to be giving away trees. Um, and then kids can plant seeds. Our consumable rec stuff will be out where kids can play mini golf or play some skee-ball. Um, and we'll have a whole I, – I don't even – the list is so long at this point. I'm trying to read through here to expand on that. But just, you know, tons of events for the whole family um, that can come out and learn about conservation, you know, learn how to protect, um, you know, protect their parks. Um, as well as, you know, help their community. And these groups um, are coming to Sam Michaels? Is that how this is happening? Yes, ma'am. Yeah, so we'll have, um, everything will be set up in our in our AMP field, um, and we'll have, um, you know, different stations with different vendors um, that'll, that'll all have activities um, for kids. So we have one group that'll be um, making rain barrels, um, which I believe people can go to the website. Um, there's information about how they can sign up, pre, kind of pre-sign up for that rain barrel, um, rain barrel clinic. And I think Jody um, Sims, um, she was actually at our local fair board meeting last night. I think, and I'm actually I'm positive. Um, I think the first 20 that sign up for her program actually get the free rain barrel kit. What? That's awesome. Yes, I believe you are correct on that. So I, I think that's a, a good opportunity for people that are interested in conservation but don't know quite how to get their toe in the water. I think that's a good way for them to finally make that jump. Put their toe in the rain barrel? So you like what it did there, right? <laughs> I saw that. So, yeah, so- and they'll, they'll have a um, the soil truck here where kids will be able to kind of learn about soil and erosion. Um uh, let's see. Like I said, there is a whole list of things. So the, um, you know, the, we'll be having handouts. The fun part of this is that you you guys make it so much fun with all these different little um, activities. You, you know, with the, the mobile uh, fun, you know, like you mentioned ski ball and all of that. So they're learning something, but it's kind of sneaky because the kids are having fun too. Absolutely. And that's, <laughs> what it, that's what it's all about. So, um, you know, and... We just love having people in the park, um, so and it's great to have so many partners that that'll be here, 
um, you know, helping with that as well. Um, I was just looking, Chesapeake Bay will be here. They're going to give away, like, reusable shopping bags and lunch boxes. Um, we'll have an Enviroscape from West Virginia Rivers um, and a water table that kids, you know, again, we're going to play and learn at the same time. And there's um, some fire pit kick cooking that's going to happen from the Potomac Audubon Society. And then they've got games. There'll be some hikes. So literally something from everyone. Um, and it's from 10 to 2 on April 22nd. And it's free. And as a nonprofit, I think these type of events are extremely valuable. Um, we talked about a couple of the other crisis teams we've had this morning. We talked about Day of Giving. Um, but being able as a nonprofit to participate in this type of event allows the name of what we're doing to go so much farther. Um, so as a nonprofit, thank you guys for hosting this. It, it's it's one of those things that kind of builds the community a lot more than what it actually builds any certain program. Yeah, well, we're, we're happy to be, be a part of it. Um, so I appreciate that. So, um, you know, of course, one of the jewels now at Sam Michael Park is the AMP. Uh, any Any plans for the summer for the AMP? We do. So I actually get to make an announcement that no one knows about yet to you guys this morning because we just got everything confirmed. Um, but we are excited to bring back the Levitt series this year. Um, and we've done 10 free concert series in the past, um, I think, two years. And this year we get to expand that to 12. Um, so we're really excited about that. And um, our first Levitt, they'll start the first week of um, June and run through, but one confirmation that we've received um, is the Kelly Bell Band will be returning to the Levitt series um, on July 1st. So um, that's we haven't even put that out on Facebook yet. So Very you guys are cool. Kind of the, the first to hear. <laughs> Thank you. Um, we're really excited about that. Um, we love we love having Kelly Bell Kelly Bell Band here. Um, they've been a great a great generator with the crowd. Um, and with that, the other kind of big announcement um, is that fireworks are returning this year to San Michael's Park. Yes. Um, so, and that will actually be on July 1st as well. So, um, we are, we are moving forward with summer planning, um, and really working hard to, uh, you know, bring a lots more, lots more to the community. Um, and we love the concert, so we're excited to expand those. Um, and then we've got construction happening too at the amphitheater. So, um, we're building a concession stand, restroom facility, um, and a ticket booth area. So, um, along with all the fun of the concerts, we're going to have to, ask people to be a little patient with us um, as we're going to have some construction zones happening, but um, we're excited to uh, hopefully have all that open um, early fall. So a great so addition. I have this, you know, giving mentality today with the day of giving. If people in the community want to support these avenues and different events, what is a way that they can contact you to give? Um, so we, on our website, we actually have um, a spot where people can donate, you know, if they would like to donate specifically like the fireworks or the scholarship program or be a be a sponsor um all the information's on the website um or they can you know simply reach give us a call or, or reach out you know on our social media pages um we're always always happy happy to um take support from the community for these for these types of events and you if, know what's what makes them continue is the support of you know the community and if folks do want to um you know follow you and get those updates it is a good idea to to get on maybe your facebook page and and follow that is that probably the best um the the easiest way to tell people uh yes we definitely keep our facebook page um probably the most up to date um so that's a great place to find out events um that we're offering um and what we have coming up so we actually just added a movie night yesterday to there so um 
the best place to, to keep up with everything. I should also ask, because I, f- I feel like I'm asking this of, of a lot of folks who come through, are you guys um, hiring folks for the summer? Uh, do, you, do you need staff members for the summer programs? We Yes, we are currently accepting applications um, for summer summer assistance with, um, you know, maintenance as well as, you know, programs and camps. So anyone interested can can give us a call. All righty. Well, Jennifer Myers, uh, I know you got a busy day ahead uh, from the uh, Jefferson County Parks and Rec. Thanks for spending some time and breaking some news with us today. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. All righty. Have a great take, day. Take care. All right. Bye. Pretty cool stuff, huh? It is. And, you know, I think one of the things to recognize is all of these different events being brought to the community. Um, You know, I know that they've existed for a number of years, but, you know, following COVID, I think everyone is looking for something to do. And I think by providing these, you know, free programs that anyone can kind of come and be welcomed at, um, it's rebuilding from the bottom up. Absolutely. And during the pandemic, where did we end up going? We ended up going to our parks and rec and our open areas going down the towpath, um, enjoying the, you know, poor house farm here. Um, we spent some time in that dog park over there at Sam Michael's <laughs> Park because the dog got tired of walking in our neighborhood. <laughs> it, it's one of those things of, you know, we've built kind of this new established, you know, version of what we're doing. And I think this is just the way to continue. You know, we're building the community one step at a time. Um, and, you know, I think, I don't think she ever said it, but you know, we, we, some of us nonprofits, we have money, we provide these platforms, but at the end of the day, people attending is what keeps them going. Sure. Um, so I think, you know, that's the easiest way to make impact for these different types of events is just show up. And if you're someone who's got small kids, an event like the, uh, the Earth Day event over at Sam Michael's Park, um, which was uh, April 22nd, she said, from yes. 10 to 2. I know you were taking notes, too. April so 22nd, I'm, I'm 10 ask, to 2. I'm asking you to check my work. <laughs> um, but, you know, that's that's one of those, like, one-stop shopping. A kid can go and have a lot of fun, learn a lot of stuff, and see what the Parks and Rec have to offer in a Absolutely. beautiful setting. Well, and it's, it's one of those things, it's free. Mm-hmm. And I think so many times we get caught up in what, you know, what we're paying for, this is a chance to get out, enjoy nature, enjoy the offerings that are being given um, free of cost. Right. And um, the AMP series she mentioned, of course, July 1st is going to be when the fireworks come back and they've got uh, they've got some great concerts planned for the summer 12, as a matter of fact. And I know they open the AMP up to other, um, you know, uh, theater groups and, and things like that as well. But um, some of those are not free, but you can go in and enjoy an afternoon with your family out on the lawn, a little like Wolf Trap, only Wes. Yes, exactly. (laughs) If there's a will, there's a way. That's right. Mikey Withrow is with me. Uh, We are uh, hosting Panhandle Live in the absence of Jordan Nicewarner, who's on a little bit of a vacation. So thank you for staying with us. We've got more Panhandle Live. After this quick break, you're listening to Panhandle Live on the Panhandle News Network. Welcome back to Panhandle Live. Here are your hosts, Jordan Nicewarner and Marcia Kabalik. Welcome back into Panhandle Live, the Wednesday edition from the Hoppy Kirchival Building. Panhandle Live is driven by Country Roads Tire and Auto, taking you home. With full-service auto care and a higher level of care with two locations to proudly serve you in Martinsburg and Hedgesville, online too at Country Roads Tire, online 
www.jordanmcdonald.com. So we thank them for local for their support of local programming. Uh, Jordan, of course, uh, taking a well-deserved vacation. Mike Withrow from WVU Extension is in with me as my co-host for these many days, and I really appreciate, Mikey, you coming in. Absolutely, and this is one of the things that I think a lot of people don't realize is, you know, I think today has been a true celebration of our community in so many different ways. Um, and to be a part of that kind of just kind of em- lets us embrace what we have to offer in Berkeley County. And you're a big part of that with your efforts with uh, WV Extension and, of course, 4-H. We have you in talking a lot about what you guys do. Um, so what what is on your uh, schedule now? What are you guys focusing on right now? <laughs> the answer is yes. No, um, <laughs> Everything. Yeah. Yes to all of it. Um, spring... I think Jennifer said, you know, spring is kind of when everything kind of hits at once. And that's true for extension as well. So like, and it's funny, I always kid, like I don't show up to work until 10 o'clock in the morning. Um, and the reason why <laughs> is this is the season where I am from four to 10 PM out somewhere. Wow. So last night it was the fairgrounds for the Berkeley County youth fair meeting. Mm-hmm. Um, tonight it is camp planning tomorrow night. We have shooting sports Friday. We have poultry judging, so this is the season where all of these different events are either being in training or they're being executed at different ways. Um, and it, it's kind of just the culmination of what we've worked for during the downtime of what we have for winter. You know, every time I talk to you, I'm, I always am amazed with your enthusiasm and your, your um, acceptance of new ideas, new programming. And um, you guys have done some really cool stuff with like the, the dance mini camp mm-hmm. and and now the the shooting sports. Talk about that if someone hasn't heard about that. Yeah, so shooting sports started for us about four years ago. Um, it's funny. Um, Barb and Terry Fox are our shooting sports coordinators. Um, and then we have a team of volunteers, Huck Puffenberger, Garrett Alger, um, Brian Copenhaver, um, Garrett O'Connell. It's kind of an all-hands-on-deck kind of approach. Um, we're, we're kind of certified to teach shotgun, air rifle, and archery in a safe manner. Um, and the 4-H program in West Virginia provides them a state competition to work towards. Um, and the hope is that you will kind of win the top four spots in the state and be able to represent us at the National um, Shooting Sports Program in June. So I know, you know, having interviewed kids who were who went through the 4-H program or the FFA program and ended up at the, the youth fair, some of these kids get their first taste of the thing that they're competing in, whether it's livestock or uh, some other, you know, art, photography or in this case, uh, the shooting arts, uh, they get their first taste under these programs because maybe they're not introduced to it at home. Obviously, mm-hmm. there are a lot of permissions that have to, you know, oh, papers that have to be signed and all of that. But uh, how cool is it that they can be introduced to a safe way to learn these firearms and, and archery um, under the tutelage of professionals and experts? Absolutely. And it's one of those things that we're proud to be able to offer for free. Um, all of the 4-H programming, for the most part, with the exceptions of like camp, um, we do pr- try to provide at low cost or no cost. Um, and it goes back to that feeling of making 4-H accessible to all. Um, and, you know, we want to truly build that kid for, we, we usually have them, you can join Clever Buds when you're five, you'll move up to a 4-H member when you're nine. Um, and we truly want to build those kids from the five-year-old um, that's kind of shy, you know, doing little simple craft projects all the way up to that 21-year-old where they're being an active citizen in society. They're using the information that they've learned with their 4-H books and programs and their, um, you know, different events. 
um, and truly building that next step of what we want them to be as they go out and kind of seize the world on their own. There are so many uh, good things that come from being involved in something as a young person, whether it's your church, whether it's, um, you know, a, a STEM group or sports or in this case, 4-H or FFA, and um, and being part of something like that that's bigger than you. There's always that service element. Yes. Um, and the proof in the pudding, I think, is that it imprints so much on these 4-Hers that many of the folks that I know who've been in 4-H are lifers. Absolutely. So, and you know, kicking off Day of Giving, um, I would say at least 75% of our donors, at least for Berkeley County, are those that have been touched by the 4-H program in some way. Um, and being able to have that need and, you know, to answer that calling, um, I've never had a problem getting kids to camp with money um, because if I have someone that can't afford it, I will call and say, hey, I need to, I need to send a kid to camp. Are you interested? And I've never been told no. Wow. Well, speaking of camp, uh, some big doings. I saw this throwback picture of the dining hall at Camp Frame. Yes. Some big changes or, or so, improvements happening. Yes. Yeah, so since it's WVU Day of Giving, we've started to post some pictures of what we need to kind of work towards. Um, if you've been back to the dining hall, it you know there are some things that we just have to do for upkeep. We have to redo the kitchen floor. Um, we're looking at putting in new roofs. Um, and the biggest upgrade that we're hopeful for is putting in bathrooms, um, more multi-use bathrooms. Um, that way that we can better be better equipped for those large events. Um, camp is maxing out every year now at 150. Um, so it, it's getting to the point where we're exploring different options, you know, sending kids to state camps, ho- hosting regional camps, um, doing a lot more programming to kind of get these kids in the camping mantra. We're very blessed to have Camp Frame Absolutely. up here in the Eastern Panhandle. Uh, you know, it, it's great to have that kind of in, in our backyard. And speaking of locations, I noticed Berkeley uh, County Youth Fairgrounds are hosting now the Vanville Church of Christ congregation Absolutely. after their fire, which is a lovely way for the community to help. And it's one of those ways that the youth fair can give back um, because I know a lot of times they're the ones that are asking for the donations um, just because that's another organization that we rely on donations to be able to offer it every year. Um, but, you know, this was just a small way that as the youth fair, they could give back to an organization in need. Mikey Withrow, uh, you know, obviously we're going to we're going to get a chance to talk to you Thursday, Friday, Monday, Tuesday, and we'll get some more updates as we go along. But if folks want to see kind of the progress and some of those throwback pictures, what's your social media um, for camp? It's just camp frame. Um, and then if you're interested in following us for a day of giving, you can go to Berkeley County, West Virginia, 4-H. Um, and any of the links will take you to our personal page. Um, it's dayofgiving.org forward slash 4-H goes first. Mikey, thanks for being in with me today. Absolutely. It's always a pleasure to come in. Hey, I have to let everyone, everyone know the statewide tornado drill is happening at 11 today. So don't be surprised. It's not an actual tornado. But like those uh, EMS alerts, we have to to run it through the state. I Hopefully there won't be an actual tornado. But 11 o'clock, you're going to hear some tones. So just be prepared for that. Hoppy is up next with TalkLine. They're going to be talking about the state police, I'm sure. And uh, so stay tuned for that. And thanks for being with us today. More Mikey Withrow and more Panhandle Live tomorrow morning beginning at 9. Thanks for listening to Panhandle Live on the Panhandle News Network. WEPM Martinsburg and WCST Berkeley Springs, a WVRC media station. We're proud to live here, too.